And so like that to me is what, like having this in the neighborhood, if I didn't own this store, I would go to it a lot with the shows and everything. <laughs> it's like, I'm a social butterfly. I like getting out and doing some, I'm, I'm sorry, Leon, I know no, you're- It's okay, the, it's I'm, okay. <laughs> different strokes, different strokes. <laughs> but it's like, for me, like if I didn't have places to go like that and I was just sitting and ordering stuff online, I would, I would hate it. It would just be like, to me, it would just, kind of take the fun out of, out of out of the hobby that I, I I love, which is, you know, collecting records and getting music and going to shows and all that stuff. Like it's to me it's it's an important element to any any city or neighborhood is to have these places that people go. I mean, everyone always talks about how great Chicago is because of all the culture and everything. A lot of that's around being able to go and do things, you know, mm -hmm. like a great restaurant, you know, it's like going to record stores, going to theaters and all that stuff. And if that didn't exist, like if you're just doing everything at home and sitting online, then the city's going to really suck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's why people yeah. move to the city. So it's like when yeah. your friend or whoever does is just like, well, I could just order it online. And it's like, it, you don't need to live in a cool city to, to like, you can live in the middle of nowhere and get everything you want from Amazon. Like why even live here? Yeah. Yeah. What's the purpose? I, What's the yeah, purpose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just talk about yeah. it. No. Welcome back to another episode of the Record Spinner Podcast. I'm your host, Leon Spinner. And just a quick introdu introduction into this episode, um, episode 66 or 67, uh, the Record Spinner Podcast, me and Ryan, we sit down with uh, Tony from Tone Deaf Records out in Chicago, Illinois, and we chop it up about his experience with vinyl and owning a shop out in Chicago um what it's been like and you know sort of what his take is on sort of the future of of the of the music uh format uh so we hope you enjoyed this episode this episode was produced entirely by ryan claren uh as always if you uh, want to send us feedback or, um, or ask questions uh even get on the show uh you can send emails to us at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com or you can you know dm me at rebirth of the cool or the record spitter podcast that's on instagram uh, we hope you enjoy the episode and uh peace yeah so how are you guys doing good i saw that you got some uh the nice days off from the shop from I the did. store from I I went to uh, my girlfriend's from uh, northern Wisconsin or like central Wisconsin, and we just went and hung out with her family for a couple of days. Oh, that's great. I just, you know, I fi I figured I kind of thought about having the shop open for a few days before, but I was like, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> all the guys that work for me were all out of town too, so yeah. I'll like, oh, just close. That's the nice thing about owning my own business is I could just be like, eh. I'll just close yeah. for the day. You know? <laughs> well earned, well deserved, and uh, yeah, I figured uh, we can go ahead and, and kick things off. Uh, okay. I'm Ryan. Uh, for those of you all out there that are listening to this EP, um, our our main host, co-host, this is um, my man Leon, and today we've got uh, Tony from Tone Deaf Records, located in 
the Portage Park neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, Tony, um, Leon, he's uh, from DC area, yep. but um, he just visited I was gonna Chicago. Say, yeah, I was gonna say um, this past weekend. Uh, he yeah. was pretty much doing. He was pretty much staying around downtown, touristy Luke, stuff for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't have a chance to to hit you to hit you up, um, but um, he was just asking a little bit just about like the neighborhoods of Chicago. You know, like Chicago has such a unique like being broken down into neighborhoods and geographically and all that kind of stuff, which actually can kind of lead us in into kind of like my first talking point, I guess. Okay. So, for, you know, rather than kind of just asking you questions, answer, question, answer, back and forth, I basically have three talking points okay. that we can start off with that will um, that we'll kind of use just as the basis of our conversation. So my first talking point for you is, you know, one of the observations that I've made, especially because I'm in the, in the outer suburbs of the Chicagoland area, that so many of these record stores, like I've always felt like they they lack or have no specific personality or vision or soul for their store, right. in terms of like the product they carry and like how they like do and conduct their business. Versus, I've always felt even from the very first time I visited your store it was very clear in terms of like the newer stuff that you were curating, the used stuff that you were purchasing and selling. It was very clear that your store had a very unique personality and soul. So like my first talking point basically is to kind of give you some time and space to kind of share with us and the listeners, like how Tone Deaf Records came to be and like, what was your, how was that whole startup process? And like, your initial vision for what you wanted your store to look like and feel like sure um well kind of touching on your point about record stores not having a feel and then i'll get into the history that was actually one of the things that i was really most um i, I guess you know growing up i grew up going to record stores you know i'm i grew up in the 80s and i learned everything about music from going to like tower records or like the local record stores in california that i, I grew up in the bay area and you know this is pre-internet there's no other way to figure out how to listen like to find music either you know you you go to record stores or you listen to the radio or friends make you mixtapes and that was it and so the record store for me was really how i found out about music i'd go in i would you know i would hear what they were playing. I would, you know, look at the covers and then, you know, I'd be annoying and ask the people that were working there, you know, like, what is this? And like, play something cool. And, and so for me, when I was deciding to start the record store, um, you know, I wanted to model my store around a lot of these stores that I went to when I was younger um, because they really did put a lot of energy and effort into trying to figure out how to entice listeners into new music because that was their job, you know? And I feel like a lot of stores now, and I, I don't want to, you know, talk smack about other stores, but I feel like people, you know, had a midlife crisis and they found, you know, <laughs> bought a record collection from somebody. Exactly. And they were like, oh, I'm going to open a store. And then after that, they were like, all they know about is classic rock or something, yeah. you know? And yeah. So, um, yeah, I noticed like before I let you continue, like in my area, there's a couple of like, real there's a couple of locations where it's like 
they're in their third or fourth version in that space. Yeah. And it's exactly yeah. as you described, because I remember after the second or third iteration, I'd, I'd check it out and be like, I've seen these records before, like yeah. in the exact same location. <laughs> and then by the time it reached its fourth version, I, I realized this is essentially the same store, but the original owner didn't necessarily invest in the personality or vibe mm -hmm. of the store. Mm -hmm. And was sure. simply rehashing whatever current inventory they had bought up. Yeah. And that that's what I have always loved and appreciate appreciated about you and your store, that every time I walk in, it just always feels fresh, but there's definitely a, a, a set vision and a feel sure. that you always want your store to feel like. Yeah, and I appreciate that because that's what I was really going for. And I mean, I want to be able to come to work every day and not be, you know, bored with you know looking at the same garbage every day and um that was always like another thing is you know going to record stores where i grew up you know there there was always those stores that you would walk in every four months and they had the same stuff there you know yeah. nothing new and so you know i've always really i've always been on top of it musically like always trying to find new stuff um that's another you know pet peeve of mine is when people come into the store, people I talk to in general who are like older and they just, Oh, I, there's no good music coming out anymore. And it's like, <laughs> you're, you're not trying very hard. Yeah, really. Yeah. There's tons. And so like, I try and stay on top of it. I try to bring new stuff in and keep it interesting and also try and just sell stuff that you can't get anywhere else and, and not just sell it, but just like introduce people to it. You know, I want to, uh, I want to chime in really quick. Uh, sure. Just to ask about, you know, knowing or, 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 what you just said is perfect. I mean, keeping it fresh. What about keeping it local? Uh, is that a big uh, is that a big thing for you? Chicago Absolutely, has yeah. a, I mean, a, a vibrant music scene right now, and a, a lot of different perspectives. A lot of different perspectives. Is that sure. something that that plays into you know keeping your shop? Fresh? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, that's one thing I think I love about Chicago probably more than almost as much as how much good food there is here is how much good music <laughs> yeah. there is. and. You know, it's it's one of the, you know, I, I've been here for 15 years now, actually 16 years, uh, coming from the Bay Area, which had a huge mm -hmm. punk scene and like mm -hmm. tons of good music. And I moved out here not knowing very much about it. And I just fell right into it. There's so much good music here. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I try to like, I try to cover, I, I try to, you know, carry most of the local bands that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, I also, you know, I do shows at the shop. Ryan might know this. And Sweet. I most of the bands that play there are local and you know i i try to i try to make them you know it's like weird music interesting music stuff that i like not just any local band can play there's so much music <laughs> here that i can turn down like 90 percent of the bands that come through and that 10 percent is just like the good stuff and you know and it's all local stuff and so yeah that's huge it's definitely a big part of it um the people that have worked for me or do currently work for me are are affiliated with like the local music scenes and mm -hmm. um most of the people that come in there are friends of mine or in bands and and or run labels and and so yeah that's a huge part of it for sure sweet sweet absolutely yeah i was just yeah. i was just in, in in town uh as ryan said and i didn't make it i didn't get a chance to make it all the way up to uh to your shop i was in the bucktown neighborhood which is neighboring i think where where you're located if i'm correct right it's like uh there. sort of it's around it's close yeah, yeah. Far. so that's that's as far yeah, as, as far the, as the i challenge got with chicago is to go five miles <laughs> yeah. can take you like 
30 minutes to 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. That's what I got to experience that this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think what I like about my shop, I actually live right around the street from where my store is. And where I live, there's not really a whole lot going on. It's, um, I mean, there are, there are things, but for the most part, it's, it's kind of just a, a, a sleepy little neighborhood that a lot of people move to mm. when they want to have kids and buy a house. Um, and a lot of the people that moved here are people that were in bands or were a part of the scene that kind of got a little bit older and they have kids now, they don't go out as much, but the record store really kind of is a place for them to come and hang out um, to get away from you know, their families. And also, like, when I have shows there, it's just, like, right down the street for a lot of people. And I, I do my shows early, like, at 7, specifically because I know most of the people coming there go to bed at 9 o'clock because they're all, like, middle-aged folks and they have kids. And it's sort of just, like, a place for them to come and go home real quick. And um, so, yeah, I, I like that aspect of the neighborhood. I'm also the only record store within a few miles of mm -hmm. uh, any direction. Um and so I think I, I cater to the neighborhood in that regard. Um, and of the Chicago stores, I, I, I need to throw out there to all the listeners, your parking situation is by far the best. It's yeah, well, like, yeah, Leon, I'm not sure if you realized, like, if you were like, you know, if you were driving. No, no, I, but we did take a few lifts and we noticed how, how crazy that yeah. traffic can be. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's yeah it's pretty gnarly it's definitely reminiscent yeah. of east coast so i i gotta yeah. hand it to you guys there too yeah. yeah so tony like in terms of when you were originally setting up shop um was picking portage park and your location was that intentional or was that that did that just kind of end up being a wonderful mix of circumstances where I really do feel like you've stumbled upon a fantastic location for yeah. what you've outlined. It's, yeah, it's interesting because I lived in Portage Park for five years before I opened the store. And um, no, I actually initially was looking over in the uptown Rogers Park area because there's no record stores over there. Um, and then, you know, I was driving over there a lot looking at spaces and started getting annoyed at having to go back and forth all the time. And, and then, you know, I started thinking about it as, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it would work in Portage Park. Cause I just, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't, this is, you know, when, where, where I was coming from is, you know, Portage Park is, if, if you've never been up here is there's not, there's not much business here, you know, there's community tavern. There's a couple other places that were here. Before. Just had a date night last week. <laughs> yeah, but there's really, you know, it's like you go down to Logan Square, you go down to Uptown or whatever, and it's just hopping like. It's, there's not much going on here so I wasn't quite sure if it was gonna work you know there's but then I started looking around in the neighborhood at different um, locations and found where I'm at right now and my landlady at the time she um, just had the place for so cheap because it had been it, it's just been empty for so long mm. and it needed a little bit of work and I got in there and I you know I, I redid you know I finished up a lot of stuff painted and all that good stuff and um, for what I got, for the price I got it, it was just like, well, I'll make it work, you know, and and it did, and it's it's become a destination place. You know, initially I wanted it to be, you know, you think of Reckless Records or you think of places like that where it's just foot traffic everywhere. Yeah. People, 
come and go and they're just, oh, look, a record store, let's go in. Or my shop, there's no foot traffic where I'm at. It's all, it's <laughs> destination. People come there because they know it's there. Yeah. And so initially when I first started, getting people to come into the store <laughs> for the first year was just, it was really a struggle because especially when the pandemic started, um, and I opened the store eight months before the pandemic started. And um, but now that people know about it and I do shows and, and it's kind of got a name now, but it, it was a struggle for a long time. Um, but I think I picked the right neighborhood for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I kind of want to dive in a little bit deeper into that because I think a big part of that success for you and that location comes down to just the vinyl that you have. It's, it speaks for itself. And I, I think that's, you know, you could have the most beautiful space, but if you're not carrying vinyl that people actually want to travel to and get to, so that just kind of like a broken down in two parts. Um, can you share with us, like in terms of your used records, like what's your process in terms of um, buying them, soliciting people to sell you vinyl? How do you determine What's that process and how do you determine what to buy versus what you reject? Great. And how does that all kind of feed like your, your own philosophy and vision of a record store? Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, as far as finding stuff in the beginning, I used to have to go to garage sales and record swaps and all that stuff, just sort of like a lot of other record store owners do. Um, I'm at a point now where um, I've bought a number of really big collections and I've also got regulars that come in and trade and stuff and so i've got a constant flow coming in um which is great as always one of my biggest fears was not having enough records um then it hasn't been a problem yet um as far as like you know the thing is i've really gotten to know a lot of my customers um and what they want what they're looking for and so as far as like buying stuff um i just kind of catered to their needs especially with the new stuff um you know it's like i listen to a lot of like weird different types of music that don't sell a lot you know and so like the stuff i'm really into is really underground and um and and you know when i started the shop i kept thinking like oh man this band's so good i'm gonna buy like six or seven copies of this record because it's so good and so guess what i'm stuck with six or seven copies of this record <laughs> and so i try to like bring in stuff that's different and weird but i only like two to a certain extent, we'll do that. I don't overdo it. Um, you know, I reluctantly started selling things I didn't like. Like, I'm not going to name names, but bands, I'm just, <laughs> I don't like. And, you know, and I remember somebody telling me who owns a record store um, back in my hometown, he was just like, yeah, he's like, you, you can't just sell what you like. You have to sell stuff that people like. And so, so I try and cater it at that. And yeah, I mean, the Taylor Swifts and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff is going to sell really good. And yeah. so I do sell it, you know, I'm not a, not a fan. It's just, I put that kind of stuff in there to sell. And that allows me to go and buy like the weird shit that I like that I try to turn on to people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's funny. Like I'll have, sometimes I'll have specific customers in mind when something comes out. Um, or somebody brings in something used, I'll be like, oh yeah, Johnny likes that. I'm going to get that, you know, cause I think oh. he'll like it. And I kind of like throw it in front of them when they come in and I don't do it to try and like make money off of them. It's just like, I think that they, you would like this. And yeah. I kind of catered this around you. And so I do do that a lot of the time, um, just to try and keep people interested in coming in. 
because um, I've gotten to know everybody's tastes and it's and it's fun. You know, it's fun to like try and guess or get people into something that I think they would like because they bought something previously. Yeah. You know, uh, so yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's I mean, and that's kind of what I would want if I were going into a store on a regular basis is somebody just handing me something like, "Hey, you got to check this out. You're gonna like it. It's right up your alley." I can tell you right now, yeah, that that's that's huge when I go into record stores around here in DC. Um, yeah. I have pretty decent relationships with uh, a lot of the shop owners. And when I come in, like sort of, I, I don't feel like they're treating me like a, a mindless consumer, but when they, yeah. when they put that record in front of me, Hey, I know what you got last yeah. time. You know, hey, you need to check this out. If you, yeah. if you dig that. Tony can tell you how many times you just played something random on the, on, on his, on his turntable and like, geez, I think like the past five times I've bought something that you've been playing. Well, yeah, I think the last two times you've come in, I've had Electric Wizard on. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Oh, so, uh, Tony, one of the things I wanted to kind of going along with that, um, what are your thoughts like in like as a vinyl consumer, I guess, um, a big discussion topic is like newer reissues of something versus like the OG or an early pressing of something, right? Because yeah. what's happening is in the beginning, the newer reissues were kind of priced at a point where it's like they were cheap enough where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll go with the newer reissue. But now that a lot of the newer stuff and reissue stuff of a similar title is getting expensive enough where it's starting to get closer to the pricing of an, of an original first pressing or an early pressing, like, whether you want to speak as a record store owner or as a vinyl collector fan, like what are what are your thoughts on that whole Man, the OG versus the new reissue of it? I mean, it depends. Like, we there's two different con conversations I'd like to have with this. The first one being what you're asking is, um, you know, it's interesting. There's people that come in and they only buy used records. They'll only buy originals of stuff, and then that, there's people that come in that only buy reissues of stuff because they don't want to deal with having used records that have scratches and abused and all that stuff and so it's interesting like that's part of the charm though it is part <laughs> of the charm think? i know i that's i'm part of the I'm charm like, i like used records um you know i as far as like getting originals of things that's that part of the hunt is really fun yeah um but you know there's people out there that just want the music and so i try to cover both sides of it um and in regards to like the reissue thing right now, I, it's a really weird thing how in the last, I'd say two to three years with just, you know, vinyl's gotten so popular and I think the labels are really have kind of, they're now starting to oversaturate the market with reissue. Mm, yeah. And they're realizing that, you know, for a while there, like the prices were going up and up and up and that, oh yeah, people were going to spend money on a nice reissue like you know blue note does great reissues and verb and like all these great labels are doing reissues and so a lot of these other labels were like oh well we'll start reissuing and repackaging and doing all this stuff and i think there's an oversaturation right now and you know they're reissuing everything <laughs> stuff that i have in the dollar bins for a dollar they're making 40 50 reissues of and i think it's i think it's gonna i I think there's going to be an effect. I think it's it's going to it's it's going to bite them in the ass, and um, I'm already seeing that now. Like you know, 
a couple years ago or just a year ago when records were cheaper, not that much cheaper, but a little bit cheaper, people would come in and buy a stack of records and for stacks. a couple hundred bucks. Stacks. Mm. Yeah. Now they're coming in and they're buying two new records and it's about a hundred dollars. And so people aren't buying as much, you know, yeah. they're buying the same amount in price, but they're not buying as many records. Mm -hmm. And so I've really struggled lately trying to figure out like, what do I carry and what don't I carry for reissues, you know? Because there's so many of them. There's so much. I started doing these Tone Poet series. They're really nice repackaging of some of their old classic records. They're really well done. They're expensive. And when they first started coming out, they were coming out like once every couple of months. Mm -hmm. And people were going crazy for them, like oh, buying them all the time. Now they're just putting them out all the time with all their other reissues. There's a Blue Note thing coming out every month. And people are just kind of tired of it. they like, eh. Another one, you know, <laughs> I can't do I have to spend 40 bucks on another freaking Blue Note record. And yeah, because even in, in the beginning, like when the Tone Poet series started in 2019, it was like maybe once or two, not even every month, every other month. So it was very, for the wallet, it was very, in the mind, it was very yeah. easy to manage. But definitely within the past couple of months and year, uh, I've been a little bit choosier about it which i feel weird because leon can tell you and the listeners can tell you i'm a we're, we're we're huge blue note fanatics yeah of course but i think not just blue note but i think a lot of uh record labels and companies th there's been that oversaturation where it's like we just can't keep up it was getting to a point where outside of finance i wasn't even listening to the tone port that i got before another set of tone ports were already starting to come in so i've definitely been much choosier and, um and pickier about that whole process and for me i i can speak on this uh when uh, when reissue outfits were started at, at the beginning I, I know exactly what you're talking about tony at that sort of like i feel like maybe five years ago maybe some, somewhere around there when when things first started to sort of pop with with the reissue outfits they would put they would put out stuff like this and out this is a a, a holy grail for me and i, I would never grab right. an og of this right this is uh the pyramids uh Lali Baba. that's like a, their first uh one of their first lps i believe and uh it came out in 73 and it's a it's small independent you know black label and that they did their own thing with um so seeing that get reissued was like wow like awesome we care about history but even with the independent outfits, you start to see a little bit oversaturation where it's like, I don't think we need to reissue the whole catalog, maybe some highlights, maybe some big things. But then you then you get into a slippery slope argument, right? Like what is important, what what isn't important to reissue. But I definitely agree with you, Tony. Like the the stuff that I'm seeing reissued is like who who's buying this exactly? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know. Um, yeah, and it's it makes it more difficult to really to stock the store with what I think people are going to buy and what they're not going to buy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and I, I have a, a fear and I mean, this is all based on my opinion. It's really, there's no facts behind this, but I, 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 I really think it's going to, it's going to kind of fall apart a little, little bit. Is. Like there's going to be so much stuff coming out and, and people are going to stop buying it. And the amount is, it's just, I think the, the labels are just going to start losing money over it. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but you just, it's like the major labels notoriously know how to fuck everything up. Yep. <laughs> they, yep. they, they start off, they start off doing something. And yeah. I think that's sort of 
it's sort of a cycle, right? Like they, it is. we start off doing, yeah. we start off, they start yeah. off doing like great work and we, we like applaud them. Yeah. And then like, they start yeah. doing a little bit too much. And then it's like, yeah. and they just, just dump all this exactly. shit on us. I just have this image in my head of like these, these corporate executives sitting around a boardroom. They're like, come on, more, more, Let's put out more, reissue this, reissue that. Like yeah. without any knowledge of what the, it is that they're reissuing. It's like, yeah. oh, let's yeah. just go to the back catalog and put this stuff out and sell yeah. it for 50 bucks a piece. Yeah, it's crazy. The other thing that I mean, I want to touch on as well is, you know, and I have a number of friends that run local labels and small independent labels. Um, it's just the price of records, the, the, the stuff coming out on major labels, even new records of these big artists. You know, I understand they have more costs to cover, but, you know, I still have friends that put out records on their labels that, you know, their labels are, are big enough to like have a, a pretty good distribution mm -hmm. that or they're the same price as they were four or five years ago, mm. you know? And then you've got these other labels where the prices have, in the last couple of years have doubled, mm. you know, records that I used to sell for 20 bucks now cost me 30, you know, and it's just ridiculous. And it, there, I think that's also going to really scare a lot of people away from, from buying a lot of records because they're just going to get tired of spending $50 on one record. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that almost $50 on one record, you know, that's something yeah. when you said that, uh, I'm sure you saw me over here, like gesturing, but like, <laughs> I, I, I felt that I felt that when I first used to go in these record stores when I was building up my collection and, and, yeah. you know, starting this stuff, maybe a decade ago. Right. I would go in and, and buy like, damn near 40 50 records at a time like i would like buy so many records i wouldn't necessarily know how i was carrying them home because like <laughs> right, my right. backpack wouldn't fit them all right um yeah. but now like when i go into record stores i'm lucky if i grab you know one or two and, and i'm spending yeah. literally the exact same amount that I, I spent when i would buy that stack you know 40 50 yeah records. it's crazy like when people come up to the front counter they have two records and i ring them up you know, there's been a few times where i'm just like i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, and I, even, yeah, I don't like, have control over this. I'm only making a couple bucks off of these. And, and Tony, you know, like just being in the area and being a nerd, I mean, I pretty much have visited, I think I've visited every Chicagoland, Chicago slash Chicagoland slash suburban, suburban record store in the general area. And you offer the best pricing by far yeah, of I, any I of these places. I, any I, of these places. I want that. I like, I want that reputation just because one, I mean, it brings people back and it, you know, it makes people think that they're still getting a good deal every once in a while, which is great. Um, but I also just think records are too expensive, you know, just even, you know, used stuff. That's a whole different story. You know, it's like when, when I get records in used, you know, or like I buy a collection, you know, Discogs is sort of the, what people use as a reference. Yeah. Um, I try to keep stuff under that, you know, just mm -hmm. like, and why would I sell something for more on Discogs if someone can just go on Discogs and buy it for cheaper? <laughs> They're never going to come to my yeah. store. And so like, I go to other stores and I'll see the prices and I'm just like, how are you selling this for that much? You know, it's, <laughs> um, I understand you want to make money, but it's like, I don't want to come back here because I know I'm not going to yeah. find a good deal. So I try to make good deals. You know, every once in a while, I, I tell my regulars this is like, I do this just for fun and to keep people interested. It's like, sometimes I'll get a stack of records that are somewhat rare 
um, or just like rec 30, $40 records that I'll price for like 10 or 12 bucks and just put them that. in the regular racks. I love that. For fun, you know, just like a handful of them so that people come, oh my God, look at this. Yeah, Why? And it, like, yeah. There's been times where people come up, they're like, you know, this is worth a lot more money. I'm like, I know, I'm just keeping it interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah I call those but, Easter uh, eggs. Yeah, Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that part's fun. I actually put, one time I put a Metallica record in the dollar bins um and it was in total it was a totally fine record i think it was worth like 50 bucks i put a dollar on it and i put it in there just to see if people were digging through and i put it like way in the back of the dollar bins and this one guy who i really like a lot he ended up grabbing it and he's like what the hell is there something wrong with it i was like no you found it <laughs> like it's yours it's a dollar well that's the process that's the process too you you'll see the face you you have to tape yeah, something like great. that because we that. we look at it first and we're like okay one dollar this what is wrong with this at first and then it's like oh nothing's wrong with this like what did you did you check this coming in like <laughs> what's going camera? on yeah yeah like what's going on here like am i supposed yeah, to donate I, this the funny thing though is like he came in like three days in a row after that he's like got any more metallica records in there i was like no, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> hilarious. that's, hilarious. that's, that's so funny um, yeah i don't know it just keeps it it keeps it interesting and keeps it fun and well, we appreciate you uh, for doing that as a consumer of, of records. I'm serious. Like Neil does that here in D.C. He's like, I think he's the best that does that here in D.C. Where yeah. like I'll, I'll pull something. I'm a big jazz head. So I'll pull something out and I'll be like, Neil, you you know, you had this over here. And he's like, yeah, man. Yeah. Like Five dollars. <laughs> like, I'm like, OK, great. Like, I'm definitely like, I don't know how this has been in a bin that long, but thank you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it, too. Like, it's funny because people there are people that come in who I know we're flipping records or they're like, you know, they pull their phone out and every used record I have, yep, they're like yep. looking it up, you know, oh, what's this worth? And, um, you know, and like, sometimes they'll come up to me and be like, Hey, you know, this is worth a lot more money. And I was like, I know, but it's like, I'm, I, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to be rich or make yeah. a ton of money. Like, I don't want to be that guy that's just like looking up every record and like, Oh, I need to make like a ton of money off this. Like to me, I just love music and I love records and I'm, when someone comes in and they can like buy a bunch of cool stuff for like a decent price, like that makes me so happy because I know they're going to go home and they're going to be like stoked that they got a bunch of cool records for a good price, you know? And that's awesome. To me, that's more exciting than just like finding some expensive rare record and trying to like gouge somebody for it because who fucking cares, you know? It's like, it's, it's, it's more fun to, to be into the music and to like, discover something and, and hear it and just be like oh i got this at tony tone deaf for a, a good deal and like it was a great record and blah 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 so that's more exciting to me that's all yeah um so tony i got essentially you know kind of a, a final talking point which everything that you we've been discussing has kind of led to this so um you know i, I frequent a couple of like different online forums for, you know, different purposes. And, you know, one of the online forums that, you know, I frequent, um, you know, someone was like, the the conversation someone was asking online, just like local record store is your favorite. And, you know, I throw your store and, you know, there's a person I'm kind of going back and forth where um, he's also kind of in my general area, Western suburbs. And, you know, I'm encouraging him, hey, you should, you should visit my guy over at Tone Deaf Records, you know, for all of the things that we've outlined. And basically his response was, I live far away enough. He doesn't live that far away enough, but basically he's saying, <laughs> I live far away enough and buying online is convenient enough for me where I have no reason to visit. 
which I personally just think is a shitty response. Like that, <laughs> I would agree. Like, I would agree. Because your location is ideal, not only for city folk, but for a suburban folk. Like I'm coming from the Western suburbs. It takes me only 30 minutes to get to your store yeah. Yeah. at most 45 minutes with traffic. But because your parking situation, because Portage Park, it's not crazy. It's so yeah. easy to park. So I'm going, I'm in this back and forth with this guy. I'm just like, stop being a shitty person and engage with like, you know, with actual people like buying stuff, right? So I, I just want to hear just your thoughts and philosophy because I'm sure, I'm not sure how much interaction you've had with these kind of people because they're obviously not visiting stores, but like, what's your thoughts and conversations about, because we live in such a digitally minded marketplace a Jeff Bezos, Amazon dominated marketplace. Like, but there's clearly there's value sure. in, a, in, in an actual physical, tangible stores, which is yourselves, which I know Leon and myself are very, because we are very avid supporters of our local stores, but I'd love to hear that perspective uh, from an actual record store owner. Well, I mean, yeah. And I just think, first of all, there's always going to be people like that guy who, um, especially with how easy it is to buy records online. I, I used to get frustrated at people that did that, but then, you know, it's like, there, I, there's certain situations where people can't get to the store or they find it easier to buy stuff online, or maybe they're antisocial or just awkward or whatever. Um, but it kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this, uh, conversation was just making my store interesting, you know? And so the reason being is like, I'm competing with so many different outside uh, forces trying to like take my business away, you know, all these online places and like having shows and events at my shop um, doing like, you know, I do all sorts of weird little things. Like we do a zine, we do, you can only get when you come into the store. Like we do, we do podcast, uh, not podcasts, uh, Spotify playlists of all the stuff that we sell. And awesome. so I think just like having all these different things that make it interesting for people to come in is going to get the people that I want in, you know, like Ryan, you like to come in, you like to listen to the stuff that I'm playing. You like to talk and hang out. Like you've probably been there before where like sometimes customers just start talking to each other yep. who have never met before. And they're just having these conversations because one of them brought up a band and the other one liked, and then all of a sudden they're hanging out and, and, you know, or like I have shows and like the shows are just like a party in the space. And so people that are buying stuff online and coming up with excuses for not being able to make it to the store, I just think there's something else going on. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like, when you said anti, no, when you said anti-social, I was like, I am anti-social. I'm probably the most hermit of hermits. I, I, I think <laughs> I, I came out of my cave for one weekend to go somewhere, and that was only because the girlfriend wanted me to do that. But I love to go to my my local shops because Absolutely. it's so important. I, mean, I just think like you think of other entertainment, like you know, remember for a while there, everyone was like, oh, movies aren't going to exist anymore. Going to the movies, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everyone's just going to watch stuff at home. And it's like, sure, that happens, but people love going to the movies like they still yep. pay yep. a ridiculous amount of money for popcorn just to sit and get their ears blasted out and it's just it's, <laughs> it's just the experience that everybody's got a different idea of what they want and so i miss going to record stores like i don't go to record stores anymore i mean that was my thing i loved going to record stores. like if i was ever traveling anywhere no matter what i would always find where all the stores are at yeah. 
go visit them all before I did anything else. And like, I don't do that anymore because I sit in a record store all day long and work there. And I really miss that. And so to me, it's like, but I'm fulfilling all these things that I liked out of all these other record stores in my own store. And that part's really, really fun. So like it, I, I have been to other stores. Like, there's a lot of really great stores in Chicago. Like, I, I'm friends with a lot of these guys that run, or guys and gals that run these great stores. And, um, you know, we, we kind of get ideas off of each other and like, um, and it's great. But I've also been to a lot of stores that just don't really have any kind of personality because I don't think that they think of it in the same way that I do, you know, where it's like, it's supposed well, to be- Well, I think it's, it's, it's very clear for me of, oh, geez, I mean, Chicagoland, Chicago, Chicagoland area, I've visited at least 50, 60 stores over the oh, past hour, you know? Oh. Um, but even just outside of the state of Illinois, I, I think it's very easy. You know, I kind of have a very good radar for when the primary purpose of a store is to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a very, like, you can pick it up really quick. Like. You know, I, I think that's really just a biggest thing. Whereas the store that's actually trying to be part of a community and engage with people that are visiting in person uh, yeah. versus a store that's just meant to try to solicit as much foot traffic and-, and Well, yeah, you know. and that's, it's interesting you say that. I was just talking to, about this the other day because I had a show this last Saturday. It was a really good show, like this local band. Um, this guy, he was uh, in these bands 10, 20 years ago. And he did a solo thing. He hadn't played in a while. And all these people came out. It was really crowded. Mm. It was great. And people were coming up to me that, you know, that people I know, and they're just like, man, you know, we really appreciate you being in the neighborhood. That's like, we love having you here. And um, that like means way more to me than somebody yeah. coming in and spending a shit ton of money. And, um, and so like that to me is what, like having this in the neighborhood, if I didn't own this store, I would go to it a lot with the shows and everything. <laughs> It's like I'm a social butterfly. I like getting out and doing some. I'm, I'm sorry, Leon. I know no, you're. It's okay. The, it's I'm, okay. <laughs> but it's like for me, like if I didn't have places to go like that, and I was just sitting and ordering stuff online, I would, I would hate it. It would just be like, to me, it would just kind of take the fun out of, out of out of the hobby that I I I love, which is you know collecting records and getting music and going to shows and all that stuff like it's to me it's it's an important element to any any city or neighborhood is to have these places that people go i mean everyone always talks about how great chicago is because of all the culture and everything a lot of that's around being able to go and do things you know mm-hmm. like a great restaurant you know it's like going to record stores going to theaters and all that stuff and if that didn't exist like if you're just doing everything at home sitting online then the city's gonna really suck you know yeah. <laughs> that's why people move yeah. to the city so it's like when your yeah. friend or whoever knows is just like well i could just order it online and it's like it, you don't need to live in a cool city to, to like you can live in the middle of nowhere and get everything you want from amazon like mm-hmm. why even live here yeah yeah what's the purpose, I... what's the yeah. purpose? <laughs> so, anyway just talking yeah. about my ass now no so uh, tony uh before we wrap up I, I do have some just kind of like some random questions and points just to kind of throw out your way sure. um that just kind of wanting to learn more about you but also just as the record store owner um how has owning a record store changed your relationship with vinyl so pre-record <laughs> a- store you were a vinyl listener you were a vinyl collector um you had a normal nine to five job and you're coming home and vinyl is like you're you know for like for me as a, i'm a teacher 
So like, yeah. that's my nine to five. I come home, vinyl, listening to vinyl is the way that I would kind of just decompress and relax and kind of just enjoy listening to music. But as a record store for you, as a record store owner, how, how has your relationship with vinyl changed? Uh, it's changed a lot. I mean, like I said earlier, I don't really go record shopping anymore. I, uh, I have everything come to me, which I mean, is easier and it's nice. Um, I was the same way as you. I had a nine to five. I worked downtown at a corporate job. I'd come home and listen to records. And that was sort of my entertainment away from my job. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I have a stack of records sitting in my room here. It's probably about 200 records that I've been slowly bringing home from the shop in the last year that I haven't even gotten to yet. Um, because I, <laughs> I listen to records all day long and I come home and the last thing I want to do is sit and listen to records. <laughs> I want to go out. I want to go do stuff. Um, and I don't go collecting anymore. Like I don't go out. Like I used to love going to record swaps. Like I said, going to other cities and, and digging through, uh, digging through, you know, record stores that way. I don't do that anymore. And I, I miss that. Uh, and it's, I could, I could probably do that. But the last thing I want to do is, you know, I'm traveling with my girlfriend. You know, there's been a few times where we've gone places and she'd be like, hey, do you want to go to the record store? I'm just like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I want I want to go do different shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do miss it. And, um, you know, and one of the things that I thought was going to happen when I own, opened the store, and it did happen in the beginning a little bit, is I thought I was going to be, like, getting all this good stuff coming to the store. And I was like, I'm going to just bring it home and put it into my collection. And, and I'm going to have the best collection in the world. And, like, I don't do that. Like, I really don't do that because... To me, the store is now my pride and like having really, really cool records up on the wall or just like coming through to me is way more important than just having them sit in my room, yeah. you know? And so I don't bring stuff home that much anymore. Like if, this, if a new record comes out that just blows my mind, like, oh, this band's really fucking great, I'll bring it home. But hmm. um, otherwise, I'm, you know, it's like one of the guys that works for me he is a huge record collector and and he he's always going through the used stuff that comes in that before anybody else he's like picking all the good stuff out and, and i'm just like i could do that i just don't want to do that anymore yeah, i don't yeah. just, uh, i i'm just decided the hoarding of records i mean i already i own ten thousand records of my own in my collection hmm. which is a shit ton of records right and yeah. um i don't need any more like I, yeah. there's records that like my girlfriend will come over and she'll pull a record out and she'd be like, what is this? And I'd be like, I have no idea. I don't know where that came from, <laughs> what it is and why it's in my collection. So why do I still have it? Like one of these days I need to go through and pull all the stuff out and, and clean it out. But it, it has really changed how I collect. And, but I still, you know, here's the thing is also owning the store has opened my mind to so much more music that I never would have discovered before. Because I really spend a lot of time trying to find new stuff to have at the shop like you know especially like i love like punk and post-punk and and ambient music and reggae like all these different things and i'm constantly seeking that stuff out and way more than i did before mm -hmm. and um so i've discovered way more music so like i don't really collect records as much as i do but i i collect music i guess to sound is that yeah no, no, i get well, it awesome. i get it yeah. well, that's awesome. but it's just like so yeah, overwhelming of... that like I can't keep up with it. Like I, I'll listen to something like a, a band will blow my mind. And then a week later, I'll forget who that band is because since then there's been 10 new releases of something that's blown my mind. Yeah. So um, yeah. it's really one of our, music. one of the themes that Leon and I have kind of conversed since we've been collaborating on this podcast for a while. Like I kind of approach 
vinyl listening, I guess, as like a quote unquote audiophile perspective. Like I'm listening to the records. I like to know like how it was pressed and the plant it was pressed at and kind of like the mastering. So I enjoy kind of like the aesthetic nature yeah, of like cool. the sound. Leon is definitely, I think more with your vibe, yeah, like yeah. he collects music, yeah, you know, yeah. he's kind of yeah. more in that sense. So I just love that you kind of mentioned that. Cause yeah. when I look over at Leon, he's like, oh yeah, yep, that's me, that's so me. About, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and we, we talk, another thing also we, we, we talk about often, uh, Ryan is, sort of the, the the nature the life cycle of a collector and i think tony like you are you're at a really fascinating place me and ryan are like nearing i feel like that place ryan we mentioned yeah. like just uh just a few uh, episodes ago yeah we're, we're how we yeah we're, we're getting certain, we're becoming old men we're basically. purging we're purging certain <laughs> things and it's like yeah. we're, we're doing that because I, I realized that i only have maybe six seven hundred records and like sometimes i'll pull something out and i'm like I don't know the story of this record or why this is in my yeah, collection. Exactly. Like exactly. I haven't yeah. listened to it ever. Like this needs to go, like this needs to be sold. Like, so yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I think it's really great. Like, like you said, Ryan, just getting more into like the intricacies of each release instead of it just being like trying to collect as much stuff as I can. Mm -hmm. Like I am more fascinated with stories and like, you know, I do read, I read a lot and I read about bands and like, I'll get their books and, um, that makes me more interested in getting their releases more so than just like collecting it for like a, a the value of it. Um, it's more for the music of it. So, um, you know, and I've got, I've got a customer who I, I, I'll use him as, as an example. He's probably my age. He's maybe a couple years older. Um, and he, he's been collecting music for a really long time and he comes in and he's been slowly selling me his collection. Like he'll bring in a stack of records once per week and he's just like, He's got a ton of stuff and it's all really good. And every time he comes in, he'll just be like, it feels so good to get rid of this stuff. Like, he's like, he's like, why do I have it? I'm not even listening to it. He's like, for the longest time, I was just collecting stuff. And he's like, it feels so good to get rid of it. And I was like, I'm going to get to that point at some point where it's like, I don't need to have all this stuff anymore. You know, and I, somebody else, like at some point I'm going to die and someone's going to have to deal with this shit. And I'm, they could care less about what misfits records i have or what, what you know miles davis records i have they're just like fucking get rid of this shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. my buddy i have a good friend who always we always he has a really good record collection and he always just jokes with me he's like man when we die he's like oh what does he say he's like he's like no one's ever gonna know we have a good collection until we die and, and that person would be like man that guy had <laughs> well listen i have a story to that i have a story to that point as well um one of the earliest stories I've ever told on the, on the show, uh, I had a friend whose mom was really into like, like she was a she was a hippie back in the day, like back in the sixties. Collected a lot of like OG shit, like OG dope stuff. Like talking about like uh, blues and and folk, uh, a lot of like great jazz. And when she passed away, she passed away like uh, she, now it's like a decade ago almost. Um, she yard sailed all of her stuff like all these og like stuff that wow. would have gone for like oh. hundreds of dollars like a copy that's like crazy. yeah that's so crazy. i mean like that that is sort of what it is though like when when you when we pass like this is just going to be junk to someone else and you know it's going to be like totally, get, yeah, totally get this stuff out of here like you know i've actually it's interesting i own my own house and um it's kind of fallen under disrepair a little bit i need a new roof I needed to get some other stuff done. And a lot of my records 
that I need that are worth a lot of money have now turned into my like roof fund. So mm. I don't like, like I have, I have like an original Sun Ra liquidity and I have like the original Horace Tapscott, yeah. like these really, really rare yeah, jazz yeah. records that I haven't listened to in a long time. And like, you can, I, I have like reissue copies of them as well. And so I think of like, I look at that and be like, that's my new roof. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like a rare record anymore. It's just like, ah, oh, this is going to help me like, get yeah. shit done that i need to get yeah. done yeah yeah yeah. it's kind of nice to have that like it's sort of like my wallet at, at times too no I, I look at my collection similar it's like uh this is sort of like a, a double insurance like in case yeah, things totally. get real yeah. fucked up like yeah. i could just yeah. get rid of all this and maybe get a few thousand dollars off of it and, you know yeah and so turn it's nice it to have that um, <laughs> just in case if i ever need it kind yeah. of yeah, kind yeah. Of thing, so yeah tony so uh yep. sorry yeah, thank you. So, Tony, I think, you know, one of the, I guess, final, because we know you do have a record store to open and but one of the final, one of the final questions I wanted to ask you, because um, the Record Spinner podcast is, is hosted by our wonderful uh, Leon, definitely has more of a, a jazz focus, right? Yeah. Um, right, Leon, would you yeah, say that's yeah. accurate? I would say I would say jazz, black music, but you know, I mean, I'm po I'm punk. You know, there's a lot of great groups in, in punk and post punk that yeah. we could probably highlight, and in some episodes, we'll bring Tony back to give yeah, us some, some of that history yeah. there. You know, so yeah. But Tony, I do want you to share with us um, who is or um, favorite jazz artist and or album. Favorite jazz or, or I mean, like that Stunrod Liquidity is one of my favorites. I that's love a, that record. That's classic. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's interesting. I go through phases depending on like when, like I, I love all sorts of jazz and I love uh, all the different genres. I mean, but I always come back to Electric Miles stuff because it's just mm. so out there and weird. Like, it's funny, like I've had this conversation with friends of mine or just people that come into the store about like, and I'll bring it up. I'll be like, they'll bring up a Miles Davis record and I'll be like, you know, On the Corner is their best, his best record. And they're like, no, it's not. And like people just get, like sometimes I say it just to piss them off, but it's like, it's a fun conversation to have because, you know, the thing with jazz, what I love about jazz is there's so many, it's such a huge genre with so many different artists and the artists were constantly changing over mm -hmm. time, depending on, you know, like, depending on what, you know, what year and like, you know, so like you can go spiritual jazz. Like I love all the Alice Coltrane records. Those are all great. Um, I like the weird, like I like Wes Montgomery and, and, and yeah. Oscar. That's it's like, like there's just the records that you can get for like three bucks yeah yeah dollar bins yeah um but yeah i think electric miles i gotta say on the corner
and Jack Johnson and like silent in a silent way or probably those yeah, are that's like my top oh, three. Solid, all solid. Yeah. Uh, I'd have yeah. to I, I just I, I wanted you, I wanted you to I wanted to ask you that just so that people can see just like how knowledgeable you are, man. Cause I know the first time I went into your store, like one of the things that hit me was just like this guy has just great music everywhere. He has great metal. He has great punk. He has great pop. And then I finally get to the jazz section. I'm just like, man, this guy just knows, he just knows music. So I just love being able to hear you break oh, down that. so, so eloquently and so knowledgeable. And just as a further shout out to any Chicago land listeners out there or anyone visiting this wonderful city, please, 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 uh, Check out Tone Deaf Records and check out our guy Tony because what he's doing with the store is very unique and very special and it should be appreciated um, while we while he's still doing good. Until I get sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, Thanks, I really appreciate that. I like hearing that feedback. It's nice and it makes it all worth it and it makes me feel like I, I you know, making the right decisions and doing the right stuff. So I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate it. It's real. It's real. And I've, I've really enjoyed getting to talk to you. Uh, I feel yeah. like I have made a friend here. Uh, just getting Absolutely. to know yeah. your, your come, music. Next taste. time you're in town, come up and hang out. I've always I got, got you. Beer. I got so, you. Yeah, for sure. All right. That's it for me, my friend. That's it for us. Right. That's it for Thanks, us. Guys. Thank it was you. Good meeting you, Leon. Nice meeting you as well. We'll be in touch. All right, All right bud. Tony, I'll All see right. you soon. Take care. <laughs> yeah.